my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Did we did we take a week off? I don't even know what year it is. Yeah. I mean, the year is 2042. <laughs> the year is 1989, the last of Earth's deep space probes. Wait. Yeah, it was 89 that Buck Rogers went. No, uh-uh. No? 84. It was 1984? 1984. I'm sure it was 84. And then, well, and I'm also, I'm also confusing America it. launches the last of its deep space probes. Yeah. Astronaut Buck Rogers is frozen. No, uh-uh. They say his full name. William, William Buck, Buck Rogers. Rogers. All right. What about, uh, see, I was also confusing it with uh, Thunder of the Barbarian. The year is 1999, and a rogue planet comes between yeah, the no, Earth no, and the No, no, yeah, yeah. In 1994, a runaway planet goes hurtling between the Earth and the moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. <laughs> 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. He and his companions, Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel. Shit. I don't remember. That's it. <laughs> hey, that was pretty I good. That, that was pretty good. That's weird. Princess Ariel. Oh, that, she's in the news Princess today. Ariel. She's in the news today. We're going to talk about Princess Ariel. But first, oh. let's, let's follow up on... The uh, the news story from last week. That's not the same Ariel. Well, that's not what I'm saying. The na- I know, but Princess Ariel. It's interesting that uh, you know there's more than one Princess Ariel. Um, and she was she was the sorceress, right? She did magic. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think how the rest of that goes. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. He and his companions, Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel, 
something and and the sun sword is mentioned the fabulous sun sword i don't think they say fabulous um sun sword um it's fine it's nope don't got it that's okay if if you know the rest of the opening to thundar the barbarian call us on the gvm line 201-730-2547 all right uh let's see so i just want to follow up on one news story before we do the social medias so last time we recorded we talked about uh the three dollar movie day do you guys did any of you go out to see a movie for three bucks i'd go out to a movie oh you guys talked over yourself do it one more time i would have but that wasn't a thing here how about you, Sandwich? No, I did not go see a movie. I honestly, I, I missed it. I wanted to, and I forgot it was happening. Although I thought I saw some things like went south with some of them. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. So how many people, what's the over-under? Well, Price is Right rules. Kev, how many people went to see a movie for $3? In the in the country? Yes. I'm going to say 300000 Sandwich? Oh, I'm going to go way higher. I'm going to say 700,000. 700,000? You guys are both way yep. off. It was 8.1 million moviegoers. Wow. Go to see theaters setting an attendance I, I, record. I had zero faith in. Well, you know what it is? I figured I, figure I had zero faith anyone knew, and then maybe people found out. It's like, oh, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. That's 8.1 million. Alexa, what's 8.1 million times three? 24.3. 24.3. Good job. All right. So that's $24 million. Aren't you you our accountant? (laughs) I'm not an accountant, and I don't have to do math in my head. Um, You can't do 8.1 times 3. That's not the important story here. The important story is is you definitely aren't an accountant sandwich. So how the hell did you get that so quick? 8.1 times 3. And then I added a million after that. I, I, I don't want to know. It's like, it, you know what it is? It's like a beautiful mind. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. A beautiful sandwich. That's it. The, the, a beautiful sandwich. Have you seen a beautiful mind sandwich? A be- I heard a beautiful manwich. <laughs> a beautiful manwich. Have you seen the movie no, A Beautiful I Mind? I feel like I have. It's Russell Crowe. Is, is that the one with the brother something like that? No, Brother? it's about a guy. Uh, it's a yeah, true story. Yeah. I was thinking of something else. There was some movie I thought about the. I was supposed to say I pulled Rain Man instead of Beautiful Mind. I don't know why. Yeah. Dude. Kev, do I hear Palm Crisps? You do hear Palm, palm oh. Crisp Snack Mix, sir. Oh, hold on. Wait, we have a new advertisement for Palm Crisp. Let's, let's run that spot oh. right here in the show. Hey Geek Stuff listeners, Sandwich here. There's nothing I like more after recording a podcast than a snack on some parm crisps. I just can't get enough of that savory taste, and I love the crunch. Stock up on some parm crisps today, and then tell them Sandwich sent you. What a great new spot. I think there we go. that's got everything in it, everything you need right there. Parm crisps from Sandwich. Oh boy! I did that. You... <laughs> yeah, that was that was on Sandwich autopilot mode. Yeah, that was Sandwich fill in the blank. 
It's uh, what's what the hell? That's a Mad Lib. Sandwich Mad Libs. I need a noun, an adjective. No, it's nothing like that. I mean, you know, you just talk about things that you like. I mean, you like, uh, do you like other things like, I don't know, like, like tasty cakes? Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, Sandwich here. There's nothing I like more after recording a podcast than a snack on some tasty cakes. I just can't get enough of that sweet taste. And I love the cream filling. Stock up on some tasty cakes today and then tell them Sandwich sent you. I mean, it's the great, it's the best. This is, you know, we can, we've got unlimited commercial potential here for all of the new Geek Stuff sponsors. And, and then I already know the one we, at the end when Sandwich goes downhill. I already know the one we're going to play then. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, that's, that's, you know, that's the advertisement that they're going to play on the Sandwich True Hollywood story. When they show yeah. your picture in black and white, it all went yeah. downhill for Sandwich at that point. Do you want to hear that one? Should we do that one? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't want to blow up the bit yet. You know, all right, we'll save it for later. Uh, let's do let's do the uh, let's do the social medias before we really jump into the rest of the show here. Um, remember to be following the show. Always be dialing. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all those places. Uh, be sure that if you want to call us, you can call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can also send us an email. At GeekStuffTNG at gmail.com. And then support the show over on the Patreons. Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG. For a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord server uh, where we can respond. We got a lot of uh, new um, trailer trash over there. A lot of people, uh, Vicious Smith was uh, recommending all the trailers from the D23 stuff. Uh, let's see, for uh, $3 a month, you get the... Uh, Early bird special. So as soon as we're done recording the show, when I do the modicum of editing that I do to the show, then the shows get posted over on the Discord for the early birds. And for $5 a month, it's the uh, bonus round. Every week uh, you get either a sandwich shop or a mini show uh, talking about some extra topics we didn't get into or the vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And then for $10 a month, you normally get to watch the show live and direct on Instagram Live as we do this. But Kev, why are we not doing Instagram Live this week? Um, because my iPad is broken. What happened to my, it? I'm, I closed it in the door of my Jeep. Why did you do that? Oh. So my Jeep has a little like net pocket on the door. And I usually um, just set my iPad in there when I'm driving. Sometimes when I can't put it on the seat next to me because like there might be a person sitting there. And I had it in there. And I didn't realize that over time the netting has sort of stretched out a bit. And it's stretched out enough where, where the where the iPad the the very just one corner of it kind of crossed the threshold of the door jam, and so I put it in there and I slammed the door shut, and destroyed my iPad. I bet you said some choice language when that happened. I actually didn't know right <laughs> off, so I just thought. Um, I just thought that the door, you know, that that I hadn't gotten the door, you know, uh, all the way or something. And I, I kind of, I moved the, the iPad. And, yeah, kind of. And I, I moved the iPad and, you know, just finished what I was doing. But the next time I reached for the iPad, I pulled it up and I opened the case. And I saw that there, that it was not only was it cracked, but the, the bottom corner of it was bent. Oof. Like, 
bad. And I was like, yep, that's the end of that pad. That's and if it had just been cracked, I'd have kept using it. But, you know, not not bent because it wouldn't there was no there was no screen there. You know what I mean? Like you could tell it was on because where the glass was cracked, there was that rainbow of colors, but there was no image on the screen. There was when I plugged it in to my computer, it didn't recognize it as a device. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely dead. My replacement arrived today, but I didn't have a chance to go get it yet. All right, so the uh, Instagram Lives will be back sooner or later with the new and improved Big Kev iPad. Big Kev iPad stuff, yeah. All right, so here is the topic for today's show, gentlemen. Uh, It is a question that I'm going to pose to you, and then I'm going to support with uh, several articles. Um, Are fandoms in general too toxic? Uh, Answer, yes. Yes, unqualified yes <laughs> so yeah i mean there's a lot of lot of stuff going on uh just a, a couple of things i mean like uh let's see spider-man star tom holland had to uh, take a social media break for his own mental health uh let's see uh but let's really let's talk about the big ones let's let's jump into like rings of power and house of dragons and uh the little mermaid i mean all of these pretty significant intellectual property and they're about fictional characters, not even fictional characters, uh, races in, that don't exist. And people are upset about the ethnicity of the actors playing some of these roles. Any comment? I mean, it's fiction. <laughs> it's all works of fiction. Ariel isn't real, so you can make Ariel look however she can look unless it's like a thing where we pointed out like someone was of pale skin and blonde hair and blue eyes and you make them not that i guess you could have like some kind of feeling about it but if the pale skin and the blonde hair and the blue eyes defines their character sure if it doesn't it's just flavor does it matter and when they do this the geeks of tng movie in the future am i going to be angry that they didn't cast an Italian kid to play me? Mick no, Foley? They cast Mick Foley. Yeah, exactly. Or, or <laughs> are you going to play Mick Foley in the Mick Foley story? Yeah, that's more yeah. likely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but would they be mad that I played Mick Foley? No, you know. I, oh, this is not my fan casting. In my head, he would have looked differently based on the story. Who the hell cares? It's fiction. There's dragons flying around. You're worried about, well, I don't think that's really accurate to how it should be in my head canon. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's and it's such a problem. It, it, I saw a thing, though, and because it, it, it also, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it, it's it's very much tr- tied to racism is a big part of this problem because nobody cared that uh, Tyrion Lannister in the books, I believe, is described as blonde hair because he's a Lannister and, like, he's got one, like, green eye and one blue eye or whatever. Like, he doesn't look anything like what... Uh, I can't think of the actor's name anymore. You know, he doesn't look anything like him other than the fact that he's a little person, right? But yeah. nobody complained about the color of his hair or his general look. But then, you know, when you hire a, a black actor to play a mermaid, oh, Ariel can't be black, you know, or an elf. An elf can't be played by a black actor. It's like, what? 
the elves don't exist. How do you know what color they are? What you know? What does it and what does it matter? And does it have anything that would change the script in any way? Like I understand, like Saturday Night Live did a joke about uh, Frozen Two. Has everyone here seen Frozen Two? Yes. Right. So um, one of the main King's guards was black, right? And that was the Saturday Night Live joke. They're like, yeah, yeah, I understand why everybody else is here, but you're saying that you're the main King's guard in like Finland in like the 1200s. That doesn't that didn't quite make sense because a, again, the the people that lived in that area probably would not have had that skin tone. So it was a reasonable joke, but again, it doesn't matter at all for the story, you know. And and I I would I would further that argument when we talk about James Bond being based on a specific person and you could make the argument that Idris Elba can't play James Bond if it's still taking place in the 50s and 60s but if you've got a modern James Bond then it doesn't then it's totally fine for James Bond to look like anybody else maybe there weren't as many uh black MI6 agents in the 50s but i would assume that today it's a little more diverse also then the headcanon that everyone believes that James Bond's a title and not a person <laughs> becomes real Exactly. Exactly. I believe that. I always believe that. that. That's how it works. Well, you you may remember or not that when Daniel Craig was cast, there was uproar about it because Daniel Craig is a blonde. Yeah, even you that know? even that got people upset, right? Just hair color. Yeah. Headcanon is the worst part of fandom. That that's the most toxic part. No, the most toxic part is that people aren't satisfied if it isn't their head cannon. That's that's not that people have head cannon. Everyone has head cannon. That's not the point. The point is, is that to decry something because it doesn't match your head cannon, uh, head cannon is stupid. Yeah. That's the toxicity. And to get together with a bunch of people and be like, it didn't match our head cannon. We're gonna get rid of. We're gonna cancel them. That's bullshit. Yeah. And, and and also to say that, you know, it's a, when you go from a book to a movie or a comic book to a TV show, those are different versions and you can't expect them to be exactly the same. I mean, you know, and in, up to and including, I mean, I, I can understand being critical of changes to plot points, but the way a character looks, I, I mean... You know that you, you just can't be that precious with your, uh, you know, with your head cannon, right? Yeah. If anyone is going to anything that is based on a book or a comic or some other source, and it has now become a movie, and you go looking for that book, you're stupid. Because at this point, name a book or uh, a comic or something where the movie was the same as the book. In every regard, it never happens. And in, uh, and I dare say, sometimes the movie improves the original source material. I, I, I give you Watchmen. The yeah. movie was better than the book. Well, you did the like movie squids? version, especially the ending, was better than the. There, I said it. Call the GVM line two zero one seven three zero two five four seven to fight me on the fact that the ending of the movie was vastly superior to the book. And that's just one example. So 
I'll kind of comment on like my favorite, my favorite book that was translated into a lot of different versions, but it is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, you know, um, obviously the book that takes place in London, England, and in my head canon, I pictured all the main characters as kind of pasty uh, England, English people, right? So I didn't think, um, I didn't think Ford Prefect, who's the character played by Most Def in the movie, was a black man. But most Def knocked it out of the park. He played that character great, and it was it was quirky and in a different way. He didn't act the way that I imagined the character in my head. But the character is supposed to be this kind of odd, quirky character. I thought he did great, so I didn't have any problem with with you know. It, it didn't matter a bit what he looked like. It just mattered you know the, the character, and he did a good job of it. Uh, you know, and even the uh, you know the character of Zephod, the the president of the galaxy, you know, he was played by um, Sam Rockwell, who is a fantastic actor. But again, it's a British sci-fi comedy novel, so I kind of imagine everybody through the British lens. And then he played Zaphod as if he was uh, George Bush, right? W, you know, with like a southern accent and just kind of, but he's supposed to be kind of a bumbling character. So it totally worked, especially for the time that the movie came out. So I didn't have any problem with those choices that they made. The hardest part for me was that they changed the plot to add a romance between two characters that never, in all five novels of the trilogy, have any kind of romantic relationship. So, you know, changing the plot, that I bothered me. But, you know, the, the appearance. Sometimes those things work and sometimes they don't. You know, and but I understand it is the filmmaker's right, and everyone should understand it's the filmmaker's right to interpret the story and add to it the way that they want to. And yeah. you can't, you can say, Hey, I didn't like that choice. Okay. But are you going to burn down the house in order to, you know, make the point known? Are you going to try to take out uh, Marvel because they didn't interpret a character the way that you want? That's stupid. Right. And again, you know, would you rather have, no interpretation, you know, okay, then all you, if you, if you want it to be exactly like the book, read the book, right? This is another version and other people yeah. may enjoy it. And it's, it's spreading the story to other people and letting it grow and, you know, out in the world. If you want it to always be exactly and only like the one thing that you like, then there's no point in making new ones. I'll give you three great examples of what I'm talking about. The Hobbit movies. Now they had they created a character. Toriel is a created character. That's Evangeline Lilly's character from the Hobbit movies is a completely created character and created a, a romance between her and Keely, one of the dwarves. So completely made up. Did it work? I thought it worked fine. Did those movies work? Eh, I liked them. I mean, it took me a long time to get there. Why? Because I'm a big fan of the book, because I'm a big fan of Tolkien, because I'm a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings films, and it's not really any of those. Yeah, it took me a long time to get there. But you find a way, you know, you have to find a way to appreciate the good things that were in it and not be weighed down by the bad things. You know, that's the, the, you know, it's like the prequels. Now everyone thinks the prequels are great because they've seen it's Star Wars. I'm talking about everyone thinks the Star Wars prequels are, are, are not as bad as they once thought they were because you have the reflection of the sequels, which were not liked by a lot of people. So suddenly everyone's taking 
a fresh second look at those prequels are going, yeah, these weren't so bad after all. But at the time, they were going to burn George Lucas at the stake for making those movies, especially the first one, especially the second one also. Um, but the point is, you, you have to find the good in those things. If you can say that you've pulled something good out of any of those examples that you just gave, you know, that's the whole point. I loved in the Watchmen the way that they did the characters. I love the characterization. I love the interplay. I love the casting. All those things are really great. The movie looked the way that it should look. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And I had the bonus of a surprise, not, well, not a surprise, but definitely a different ending than the book. So I had that. And as it turns out, much better than the book. So I had that. What was the other example I gave? The Hobbit movies, right? Okay. How do you look at the Hobbit movies and say, well, these aren't Lord of the Rings? Well, yes, they're not Lord of the Rings. They're not, you know, they're not really, I mean, they're based on the Hobbit and other source material that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote. Um, not to be confused with George R.R. R. Martin. Um, this is Tolkien we're talking about. Um, they are based on those books and those materials. So where's the good in there? Well, I thought, I thought the fact that they played it almost a bit legendary is appropriate because what are we watching? What are we watching in the Hobbit movies? What we're watching is Bilbo's story. It's Bilbo's story. It is basically, it is basically him writing his book and his memoir, right? Isn't that what those three movies are? Is him telling his memoir? Well, you know that if you watch the Lord of the Rings movie, you saw the way that he was telling the story of the trolls to the little kids and how exaggerated it was and how, mm -hmm. you know, like a bit unbelievable and so on and so forth. You saw the setting up of the Hobbit movies right there. They are, you're seeing Bilbo's interpretation of those events. If you try and think of it that way, the fact that it's a little goop that the, some of the dwarves are a little goofy and funny. Sometimes there's some funny interplay and some chase scenes and some other things that seem completely, I mean, I get it. There's elves and dragons and shit. So I'm about to use the term unrealistic. What I mean is the realism that was presented to us in Lord of the Rings is it, if it seems a little beyond that, if it seems a little above that with regards to, realism just try to remember that you're hearing somebody's version of those events who is a storyteller who embellishes who is making it more fantastic than it actually was so you're saying bilbo's an unreliable narrator no i'm saying bilbo is an entertaining okay narrator who takes things that his story in this particular case he takes his story and he's able to embellish and add some action and add some drama and some excitement and things in the story that maybe weren't exactly the the same now you can apply that logic absolutely 100% to the prequels what are we seeing what are we seeing we're seeing the interpretation uh, we're, are we seeing the interpretation or are we seeing the realism of those events versus what we know about those events beforehand? 
Kenobi says in Star Wars, it's when the I end. hello there, damn it, hello there. Kenobi says before in, in in New Hope, when I met your father, he was already a great pilot. Really, was he? Because he accidentally flew and blew up a droid ship by crashing on it, or was it the fact that he was a pod racer? Which I guess is a, I mean, technically, pod racer is a pilot, so. I mean, from a certain point of view, isn't that what Kenobi says in Empire Strikes Back? Right. So what I what I said to you is true from a certain point of view. And basically what they're doing in the prequels is saying, well, okay, well, here's kind of more how it actually happened versus what Kenobi told Luke. You missed it. Oh, I did. I did. You're you uh, what you're seeing is either the more realistic version or, I mean, don't you have to imagine that at some point Ben Kenobi Hello there. has told these stories, at least some of these stories to Luke in his childhood? You know what I mean? Maybe he didn't say that it was his father. Maybe he didn't say, you know, like, maybe he didn't give names and things. But what if he said something like, and, you know, Jedi could jump, you know, back then, Jedi could jump 60 feet without, you know, without being hurt, you know, or or y- y- anything that seems unplausible to the f- to episodes four, five and six, anything that seems unplausible, implausible, implausible from the first three movies based on things that, you know, or the tone or the realism I understand it's lasers and aliens and shit. The realism presented in four, five, and six, anything that seems above and beyond that, you need to view it as exactly what it is. It's someone telling the story and embellishing it because it's more interesting and exciting that way. That's what I that's what I think. I mean, you have to find a way to be at peace with stuff like that. And I think that's the way to do it. I mean I think that that's good. So, well, let's jump back to Tolkien. Is where I stand. Oh, I could put that in. Do you want that? Do you want that to be where I stand? I can do it. No, 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 no. All right. Um, so let, let's let's just then do the stories about all of these uh, fandoms okay. that are having issues. So, what ha, have you seen any of the Rings of Power yet? First two. What are your thoughts? I think it's great. I am surprisingly loving it. Sandwich? I honestly, I remember it exists and it came out and I forget about it the next three seconds after that. It's just another thing. It's like, oh, I should watch it at some point. At some point, at some point, at some point. Like the new Game of Thrones show. I want to watch at some point, at some point, at some point. We'll we'll get to that one next. Um, So again, Rings of Power, uh, the actual cast have like spoken out against the the trolls and the racist comments, um, but they also had to suspend the reviews because they were getting review bombed by the trolls. So yeah, uh, but yeah. but what I have heard for more legitimate reviews is that it's a little slow, a little a little boring. Is what what's your what are your comments on that, Kev? I don't agree. I don't I don't think it was slow or boring. It's uh, it's called. Uh... World building. Uh, what's that? World building. 
Well, it's world building. I mean, the world already exists, so they're not world building. It's um, no, the exposition. Yeah. You know, they're they're putting everything into play. You don't know anything about. There's two characters, possibly three, that you know in this show, but you don't know about these characters in this age. Yeah, and because this is not the Silmarillion, right? This is after that. I believe it's after that. Yeah, yeah. it's after the Silmarillion, right? That, that's, yeah. I'm just saying. So it's it's not actually the story of the book, the Silmarillion. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see, but I don't think I, I again. I, I I admitted to this. I have to turn in my nerd card, but you know, I, I haven't even seen all three of the Lord of the Rings movies, much less all three of the Hobbit movies. So there's no You're way I'm going to watch this show. I know. I mean, it just it is what it is. Um, I did read the books when I was in high school, and I did a report on the Silmarillion, but. Um, you know, I just don't. I don't what know was the why. Report? If you ever have trouble sleeping, read the Similarian. It, yeah, it was. It was real tough. I mean, I liked the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, but I really struggled to get through the Silmarillion just because of it's so. It, it, I mean, again, I said it's like reading. It's like reading the Bible for Middle Earth, right? It's written as it some kind of ancient text, a history book. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, so since since I mean I haven't even finished the Lord of the Rings movies and I don't even have this strong desire to. It's like I know the story, uh, you know. I mean I don't I don't feel like the investment of you know three to four hours per movie to get through that. It just I, I don't know why. So I know I'm not going to end up watching the Rings of Power. Um, so. Oh, I'm going to get you. Not only am I going to watch those movies with you when opportunity presents itself. But then I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to do a, a Scott shop <laughs> on the rings of power. So maybe a Scott shop on, uh, on the Lord of the Rings movies. I can't believe if I had known that when I was there, you'd have already <laughs> seen them. Hey, hey sandwich. I'm going to slot that right in after uh, Shogun. Okay. So <laughs> as soon as you get done doing Shogun, I'm going to watch yep. all, all the Lord now. of the Rings movies. <laughs> I'll laugh now. Oh my goodness! Um, so, in other Lord of the Rings news, uh, a, a group called Embracer, which is a video game company, acquired all the IP rights to the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. So, oh. not only are they getting, you know, they they have the IP rights for the movies, but then they're working on uh, another animated movie called Lord of the Rings: The War, f The War of the Rohirrim. And an EA mobile uh, game. Spell that. Rohirrim, R O H I R R I M. Oh, I'm sorry again. R O H. Row. Yep. R I. I'm sorry. R O H I R R. Rohir. I am Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Yeah, that's um, that's that's uh, Rohan. If you had seen Lord of the Rings, you'd know what that was. Okay. Wide for Ben and the Wild Ben. Sorry. I like that scene. And then there are a man, an elf, and a dwarf doing in the Riddamark. <laughs> that is Ro <laughs> Rohan. Right. It's the horsemen. It's like the uh it's it's the Vikings, but they're on horseback. Okay. So they're That's are they humans? Mean. Yeah, they're human. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the world of men. All right. And then they're also working on an EA mobile game called Heroes of Middle Earth. So, oh, yeah, that'll, no. that'll just be a crappy game. Probably some microtransactions in there. Makes, yeah. Make a little money for the company. 
Gotta imagine that. Get their investment back for that intellectual property. Um, all so right. what, you mean they bought the rights to produce games for those titles? They bought the rights to all the intellectual property surrounding the Lord of the Rings. I don't think that doesn't sound correct to me. Because that means the Tolkien estate sold it. Which Peter Jackson couldn't even get that done. But some podunk computer company did? That doesn't make sense. This says, I will read the article, quoting from Deadline. Swedish video game company Embracer Group has acquired Middle Earth Enterprises, a division of the Saul... Uh, Zant's company, which owns the intellectual property catalog and worldwide rights to the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. That's weird. Okay. So, I mean, that seems like it's pretty sweeping ownership of the IP around the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. It so, does. So, so, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, but let's jump over to um, The House of Dragons. Sandwich, have you seen any of the episodes of that? No, but I've actually heard phenomenal things the whole way through. Oh yeah, which is great for for Game of Thrones. I've heard I've heard nothing. I mean, yeah, everyone's got. Oh, I don't like the way this character looks. I don't like this. Um, but I've I've heard nothing but praise apparently. So I'm really excited to get into it at some point. All right. So I'm going to say something. Like four or five episodes in. It's so. yeah. I've only seen the first three. I think the fourth one just just dropped. Here's what I'm going to say is my biggest problem. They used the exact same theme song. This is not Game of Thrones. This is a different show. Get your own goddamn theme song. It's not exactly the same. It's derivative. Oh, I. No, it sounds pretty it damn close. I am. It, it's very, very similar. If it's not exactly the same theme song, it's derivative. It's not the same. I mean, it's got. It's the same song. It's derivative. Okay. It's not the same. It has the same cadence. It has those beats. It is definitely not the same song. All right. Well, it sounded the go, same to go me. Go open your little HBO Max, put in an episode of Game of Thrones, and listen to the theme song, and then go listen right afterwards. Listen to the new one, and you'll see it. All right. All right. I will do that after the show. Uh, have you watched any of the episodes of that, Kev? The first two. I'm one behind. Right. Or two behind if another one dropped. So, so my understanding is that this is the... This is a generational story. It's going to take a lot long. Like the, the the events that happen in House of Dragons are going to take place over a much longer period of time than Game of Thrones. Is that am I? Do you feel like I'm accurate on that? Supposedly, but that would require that they were on for a long time. Th th this is true, but I'm, even in the first few episodes, there's some significant time jumps, and I think some of the actors that are in the first few episodes, those characters are going to be played by different actors as we jump forward in time to get to their older ages. Well, I think the, the war, or whatever you call it, you know, um, it took, like, it was a long time. Like, you know, people got married, died, and people always married, died, and shit in that show. Um, like, it was a good span of time, like, sons joined the war, but were born in the beginning of it type shit. Yeah, so th I, th I think you're right, but that's, just, so I just feel like that's kind of weird. It's like, you're skipping over so, so much of a character's life. It just seems a little odd that, okay, you know, you meet a character and then uh, next episode, it's five years later. It's like, oh, what have they been up to for the last five years? You know what I mean? Like, it, you're just, like, how do you yeah. pick such pinpoint moments out of a character's life that matter in 
a story that's going to take place over a couple of generations. I, I'll, I'll be interested to see if they pull it off, but that was just something that stood out to me was these big time jumps kind of kind of pulled me out of it a little bit. And I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's great. I don't really care about any of the characters yet. I'm not really sure who's the bad guy. If there is a bad guy, is everybody a bad guy? You know, so um, I don't know. Kev, do you have any thoughts about the first couple episodes other than that? It's it's greed and power. So everyone's a bad guy. I mean, and that would be kind of interesting, right? Everybody's a bad guy. So you got to figure out who, who do you root for? Who's the least bad guy or who has the most righteous claim kind of thing? That I noticed. And also what you were saying with regard to the time jumps, I don't think if there's nothing significant to the overall story that happens in a five-year period, there's no need to say, well, this is what happened in the five-year period. Right. No, but it's like, okay, so you, so then how do you choose, oh, here's a conversation that these two characters have in a hallway and that was important, but then the next five years, no important conversations happened. That's all. It's just kind of interesting. That's that, entirely possible. No, you're, you're right. But that's what, that's what's going through my head as I'm watching these time jumps. Um, so, you know, I'm interested. I hope that um, I will kind of enjoy it and get back into it, but I haven't really been drawn in. In the way that, you know, the first episode of Game of Thrones right? I mean, I was hooked from the first episode. I don't, and, and then the, the bad taste that the ending of Game of Thrones left, I'm like so skeptical that I'm struggling to get pulled, pulled into this one. So. So interesting. Uh, let's see. So again, it's, it's I getting, wish, it's getting I wish good Game reviews. Of Thrones, mm-hmm. I, I, I wish Game of Thrones just had more somehow. Like, because it is a, a source material and property I really, really enjoy. But it's just like, I want more. And we're not going to get much more because fucking George R.R. is 35 million years old and is writing everything except Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, you know, he's wrote every other book besides the Game of Thrones book in the past decade and almost a half it feels like i i saw a short video that was stephen king and george rr R. martin like in a conversation and george rr R. martin is asking stephen king how the hell do you write books so damn fast <laughs> and it's like stephen king's like well i write like six pages a day every day and he's like what really i haven't written a page in a month like you know he like basically he's like saying yeah i can't write that fast and everybody else is like yeah we know yeah um like- he said he George Martin did say that he was totally out of the loop for the final seasons of uh, of Game of Thrones. And it's let's a good idea. Put yourself further away from it. So yeah, it looks like you had nothing to do with it. Exactly. So House yeah. of Dragons was, premiered. Was probably working on the latest book, right? Yeah. Bullshit. So House of Dragon premiered to almost ten million viewers, and episode nice. three only had two and a half million viewers. So you know, they've lost 75% of their audience from episode one to episode three. So, I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. Um, but then again, House of Dragons, just like uh, Rings of Power, just like The Boys, they've come out and specifically said to toxic fans that they can, you know, kind of shove off. Suck again. In, 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 in the words of the Boys creator, Eric Kripke, 
uh, toxic fans can eat a bag of dicks and fuck off to the sun. So he's right. So I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's see. Uh, one other thing. Uh, let's talk about uh, has, has is the Weird Al movie out for general release? Has it been released where you can watch it yet, or was it just at the? Is it on the Roku channel? It's on Roku. Yeah, that's why no one will see it. Yeah. It's, I want to see it really badly, but I don't even know what the hell the Roku channel is. Do I have to pay for that? Well, bye. Never mind. There's always uh, ubiquitous clandestine methods of acquiring yeah, such a film. True. That's true. But I, mean, I think the point is here is you have the star of the Harry Potter movies in arguably what could be an amazing role in a really, really interesting movie on a channel nobody has. Yeah. So it was put out at some film festival at the time of recording four days ago. It'll hit Roku November 4th of this year. Well, that's still a long way away. Wow. But, but yeah. It had a premiere at Toronto, the Toronto Film Fest a couple days ago. And it got great. Well, the, the people there seemed to love it. And, and the, the review that I read said that it that Danny Radcliffe like 100% commits to the bit. And that's what makes it great. Yep. Yeah, because he's a good performer. It's a shame it's going to just live on Roku. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly. All I was right. wondering, how do, how do people get paid off of that? Like, there's not like a box office or anything like that for Roku. Well, they just it's get like, paid up front, right? It's just, you just yeah, get paid yeah, your salary. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get the points on the back end in the same way. Remember that was, yeah. that was uh, Scarlett Johansson's big, Complaint when yeah. they put Black Widow straight to Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, at the time, there was no choice. And then they super killed her off. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was getting killed off anyway. So. That she's definitely she, dead. <laughs> she was already dead. I mean, the fact that she got to come back, I think, even to do that film. I mean, on the one hand, you kind of want to be like, well, at least you got that. Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, you could see where she might be a little upset. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. <laughs> so let's let's do. I mean, I know D twenty three Expo was uh, this week. There's kind of some plenty of stuff that came out of that. We're not going to have time to go over all that on this episode, but I want to hit some of the highlights. Uh, much like at uh, Celebration. They carted good old Harrison Ford up onto the stage to talk about his uh, his next movie, and and the and the Harrison Ford that is turning up to promote this movie is not Harrison Ford, uh, because he is smiling and happy and oh this is the best one we've ever made and oh I, I'm just like give me a break. I mean, I want to know the size of the dump truck of $100 bills that was delivered to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in order to get him out there being smiley and promotion uh, promoting this movie. I think the best thing to come out of that, can I be honest with you, is the pictures of him and Kiquan on the Internet. I yes. posted it, I think, to our Facebook. This is the guy who played Short Round. Yeah, no, it's great. It's uh, the guy that played <laughs> Short Round in Temple of Doom has resurfaced and is now performing. And if you haven't seen 
everything all, all together all at once, whatever that movie is, he was great in it. And he was announced as being in Loki season two during D23 as well. He was there with uh, Hiddleston and um, the, the guy playing Kang who looked like a vagabond at D23 and um, uh, the girl who plays Sylvie. Um, you know, they were all uh, uh, they, they were present, which was fine. Yeah. Um, Hold on. And, we, we, have, uh, we have breaking breaking D23 news. Hold on. We have a special guest on the show here. Oh, oh, breaking news, breaking news. Hi, Kev. Hi. Um, so good news. My friend was able to get you the droid from D23. Hooray. Bad news. Uh, she only got you one. Scott's <laughs> fired. <laughs> like she said that she got it. And then I'm like, oh, you, you got one. I forgot to tell you. My friend has a problem <laughs> and he needs three of everything. Uh, no, it's two. Thank you. I don't. And I said, "Ooh, can I be the one that tells Kev? <laughs> can you be the one to tell me? Is that what that was? It yeah. Up again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, and they're turning up in the parks, apparently. Ah, uh, well. Oh, so all that was for no reason? No, not all of it. But, you know, I mean, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard. So then there's a chance that we can still get you two more. One more. I don't need three. <laughs> Four more, right. four more. We we also we also got the uh, the Tron backpack that you wanted too. So yeah, that's Although, important. I did see it. It, it, it lights up. The, right, the back lights up on that. Does it? Yeah, oh, I, I didn't know that. I, I saw I saw somebody with. So that was pretty cool. So anyway, that was a gift for Sandwich right up until his smart ass comment. Oh, so. oh well. <laughs> so speaking a little bit more about uh, the latest Indiana Jones movie, do we know the title of the of Indiana Jones Five? Nope. So no no official title, um, still no title. So Mr. Uh, famous director Quentin Tarantino says that he likes uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull better than uh, the Last Crusade. Had more feet. All he's doing is being controversial because I don't believe he really thinks that. No, we all know the real reason. What was it again, Sandwich? Is he, he, there's more feet in this one than the other ones for sure. He definitely was scouting it out. There were there were crystal skulls and crystal skeleton yeah. feet turn him on, right? Like you know, all yeah. feet don't have to have skin on it for Tarantino to be all about it. Oh, is he a is foot he? guy? I don't think I knew that. What? How do you not know that? <laughs> the worst kept secret in Hollywood: Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Um. So let's let's talk about uh, about. Should we talk about uh, how, how do you pronounce his name? K. Kwan? Ki Kwan? Ki Kwan, okay. I mean, yeah, he's been doing lots of interviews. I mean, that he's kind of working again. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and he's back in this. Um, it's 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 nice to see he's him back again. back in what? He's, he's, is he in the new indie film? It, he's not? I feel like he is because he's been... Uh, I, I think if he... Well, first of all, if he is in it, Good for them if they're keeping it under wraps as a surprise because that's fucking amazing. That is amazing. So I'll 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 leave that to the side for a second and say that he did turn up at D twenty three, but it's because he's in Loki season two. Oh, okay. So uh, and he was on. I mentioned earlier he was on stage with Tom Hiddleston, Sylvie, and what's his name, the guy playing Kang, who looked like a vagabond. <laughs> So, 
that's the story there. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I really need to watch Goonies again on my brand new beautiful TV because the only time I watched Goonies was with my dear friend Kev on my old TV with bad color. Um, did, did bad you- color? That doesn't even begin to describe that TV. <laughs> did you see that they found a uh, a shipwreck off the Oregon coast that ha- is thought to be oh, the one that inspired the, the movie The Goonies? Like they actually found a shipwreck out there that was what was the pirate's name? One-eyed Willie. One-eyed Willie. I mean, so they found they found a, a ship off the off the coast there. I did not hear that. Are we just gonna do like some quick hits on D twenty three? Because there's, I want to. I mean, I, I, I know that we're we're running long and, and segment two is something I'm really looking forward to today. But I just want to say the fact that, well, Marvel announced the director of FF mm-hmm. and that's all they announced. And they everybody was just chomping the bit to get some piece of information for Fantastic Four. And we got the director who is the guy who did um, WandaVision. He directed right. all the episodes of WandaVision. I don't remember his name. He's doing the FF. Okay, that's good. But where's the casting? Yeah, it's D23. Where's the casting? They announced the Thunderbolts. And I have to say, I have to say that uh, Sebastian Stan's uh, Winter Soldier or Bucky Barnes, whatever he's going at, being in that group was a really interesting choice, number one. Number two, David Harbour's Red Guardian was also an interesting choice in that group. So far, the only one I'm really not liking is Taskmaster because I wasn't really big on her in the film. But you now have Taskmaster, Yelena Baleva, whatever her name is, and uh, and David Harbour. It's three characters from that film are in the Thunderbolts, you know, and then John Walker and then... uh, you know, uh, whoever else I'm guessing they brought in David Harbor, um, in lieu of the red Hulk, I suppose, because what's his name is dead. Right. Uh, I can't remember his name. I wonder William, also, Hurt. William Hurt. I wonder if because he's a communist, he's a Russian, they'll make a red, what are you, some kind of red Hulk? No, I mean, like that would be funny if that's what they did. If they somehow made him a Hulk, that would be really funny um maybe um and then who am i i'm forgetting somebody in that group oh ghost from uh from ant-man and the wasp which i also thought was kind of a uh, man they're just they're bringing back everybody they got they haven't used it's yeah they're not quite villains yeah well because that's literally you can call the thunderbolts not quite villains except john walker murdered somebody so i don't know how they're getting around that but you know but they all murdered a little bit a little murder here and there, just murder light. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what about the leader coming back in the in the next Captain America? That was really really cool. Also, um, yeah. Tim Tim Blake Nelson is that his name? I think so, something like that. From the Ed Norton Hulk movie, and coming back as the leader is really interesting. Which, of course, with She Hulk on Disney Plus right now, I mean that the Ed Norton is. Wow movie is being cemented even more as canon because we've got you know the abomination from that and it really is too bad that William Hurt's gone because they could there would have been a lot they could have done with him and then leading into the Thunderbolts well it doesn't mean that they can't have a red Hulk it just means that it can't be 
William Hurt, it could be. Yeah. What if it is Guardian? What if what if Red Guardian? What if they do turn Harbor into the Hulk? You know, I wouldn't hate I mean, that honestly. They could totally do that. I mean, Red Guardian's a throwaway character to begin with. All he is is a Russian version of Captain America. You know, this would be an opportunity for them to really sort of take a character that's really sort of a throwaway character and kind of do something different with him, but yet still familiar enough to draw regular fans in. So I don't know. I think we got a long time to wait for Thunderbolt. So it's, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll be speculating the shit out of it just like we do everything else. But I, I certainly think that's a direction that they could go if they wanted to. Um, what else did they talk about? They talked about, uh, uh, was there anything, uh, Captain America, new world order. So, yeah. So we saw that Isaiah Bradley back in that movie, mm-hmm. Isaiah Bradley back in that movie, which I think is interesting. I wonder if they're going to in flashback, perhaps somehow tell that story, which I think would be really interesting. Um, uh, or, or in some other way. Uh, they talked about Echo, which honestly, I'm kind of like, okay, I mean, I'm just not like, I'm not invested in that story yet, only in so much as it will got, it ha- have some crossover with Daredevil, which they also, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio on stage for Echo, he hangs around, of course, Charlie Cox comes out, 18 episodes season, goes into production next year, I think, so um that was really exciting. I mean, it's not and, stuff we didn't know. And confirmed he's only in one episode of She-Hulk, right? He's only in one episode of She-Hulk as far as anyone knows. They showed a clip of it. I haven't seen it, but I think it's one of the upcoming episodes. So like like probably this week, probably. Um, on that note, I did not see last week's, but I'm also really not that invested in She-Hulk. Yeah. I still haven't gotten through Miss um, Marvel because that's really hard to get through. I have to say it's not a character that I'm really familiar with. It's not one that I'm really kind of finding very interesting. And I have to say She-Hulk is kind of the same. I, I mean, I like it. And the, the fans of She-Hulk will like it because it's right out of John Byrne's book. Her breaking the fourth wall all the time. You know, her bre- the Wong episode with her breaking the fourth wall going. I know everybody wants to see Wong. I thought that was hysterical, but you know, you, you can't hang, you can't hang a whole show being good or not good on one joke. You know, I found that joke funny. I found other things good, entertaining and, and, and I watched it and all that, but overall I'm, I'm just kind of like meh on the series. So I, I would, I would also say it's a sitcom, right? I mean, so it's also a different tone than what we've seen in some of the other shows, right? It's it's you know in 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 the same way that like Ant Man was a heist movie and you know th- you know there are different types of movies. Well, this is now kind of ch- changing the genre up a little bit and being a sitcom. And and again, I would say that I think that uh, Ms. Marvel is a little more of a of a family show, right? I mean, you know, again, for kind of looking at genres like a you know, so it's a little it's a little more lighthearted and a little more focused on the on the larger family element of yeah. it. And I think those are all good things. But again, if you're not gonna you're not gonna say take Miss Marvel and put it right next to Captain America: Winter Soldier and say, oh yeah, these are both Marvel universe and they're both the same. They're different, but I don't think that that means that Miss Marvel isn't good. It's a good show. It's just got a different tone. And same thing with with She-Hulk. I'm enjoying it, yeah. but it's got a different tone. 
Yeah, it's just like they're trying to uh, slot. You know, I, I think at some point they just have a list of, okay, what are the genre types, movie and TV? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get one of our IPs into each of those slots. Yes. Teen drama, Miss Marvel. You know, courtroom comedy, uh, She-Hulk. You know, I mean, it's, it, it almost kind of seems that they're just trying to hit everybody, which I, I mean, on the one hand, it's been working. You know, the fans of, of, of those characters are enjoying those things. If you're invested in those characters, I'm dying to see what they're going to do with Daredevil because it's going to be really hard to top the Netflix show. And I don't know how they're going to do that on Disney Plus. Especially yeah, if they tone it down in violence. Yeah, it's going to that's going to be the comparison. Well, it's not it's not going to feel as intense and therefore it won't. It's not going to measure up and people aren't going to be happy. It's going to be tough. Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we take a break? We've talk, covered a lot in the first in the first half of the show, and then we'll uh, jump back into the rest. And with that, we will fa- take fake fake. We will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode six hundred and ninety four. The one we're calling toxic. Toxic like Britney Spears album? Yep. That was the intro music. Oh. Well then, okay then. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. Hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. 
It's called the PyCast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Pi Day Family, and my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real onset stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hey guys, this is Brian O'Halloran from Clerks, Clerks 2, Brutal Massacre, a whole bunch of films. Not even supposed to be here today. And you're listening to Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Listen, he's a geek, I'm a geek, I know this kind of stuff. I'm not even supposed to be here today. You sound like an asshole! Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the Sandwich Shop, Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Hefuna Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you're in from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foil is open to attack position. The lasers and cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale. Hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received. Fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, Sandwich here. There's nothing I like more after recording a podcast than to snack on some 
Hot Cheetos. I just can't get enough of that spicy taste. And I love the burn. Stock up on some Hot Cheetos today. And then tell them Sandwich sent you. I just can't get enough of those new sandwich spots. I believe other than just our sandwich commercials, we've got more uh, other stuff to talk about in segment two, Mr. Kev. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm preparing that right now. You're preparing that right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm just opening a thing. Oh, should we, should we do another spot while we're waiting? Yeah, if you have one. <laughs> I, I, I probably have one. Let's see. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, Sandwich here. There's nothing I like more after recording a podcast than a snack on some Jelly Belly brand jelly beans. I just can't get enough of that various taste. And I love the sugar rush. Stock up on some Jelly Belly brand jelly beans today. And then tell them Sandwich sent you. You know, the best part about it is I only had to pay him once, and then I can rerun those commercials in any number of different ways, and he only gets paid for the one ad. How much did you get paid for that again? Someone got paid, I think. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You're unpaid, unpaid associate, so I didn't even have to pay for it. Works great. Jelly Belly brand jelly beans. <laughs> <sighs> one day I'll get paid for those, maybe. That's right. One day. Get paid in Jelly Belly brand jelly beans. We have to use Britney Spears music for everything for this episode. I mean, she's finally out of the conservatorship and she's getting her life back together. I feel like we should support her. I guess we're going to be supporting her if we keep using her music. <laughs> One additional she's after us. She's got a good lawyer. She just got out of a conservatorship. So got to be careful. All right, so what are we talking about? Well, I, I have to tell you, I, I am very, very excited to talk about, uh, you know, one of the things that we really enjoy doing is finding these guys who are kind of floating a little under the surface of, uh, of the toy world who are making these amazing things, amazing toys. And um, and we we found one. Now we we've we've known about these cats for a while, and we talked about them even a little bit. Um, 
Uh, and we're going to be talking about one of their lines uh, upcoming. We talked about it, I think, when it was, I think when it kickstarted or something like that. We were promoting the hell out of the Kickstarter because I thought it was hysterical, and that was Space Force. Um, but we'll do. We'll talk more about that uh, Space Force in a couple of weeks because we have it in hand, and we're going to be doing something with it um, uh, in a couple of weeks. But I wanted to tell you about the company is called Fresh Monkey Fiction, right? And in partnership with Toy Otter Toys and Big Bad Toy Store, um, those guys, they're all working together to bring you the Long Box Heroes Collection. Do, do, do. It's basically 1980s retro-styled uh, four-and-a-half comic book lines. So, you know, five POA, kind of, right? And uh, what an amazing set of characters. Now, uh, we're, we're going to talk about why it's amazing here in a minute. Um, but what I want to say is, uh, no, it's not five points. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven points, seven POA, because they have knees, knee joints. So I think what they're lacking is elbows. Yeah. Yeah. So they're basically seven points, neck, shoulders, hips, knees. Um What's amazing about it, there's a number of things, obviously, that, that, uh, that is amazing uh, about, uh, about getting figures of these characters. I'm going to go down the list of some of the properties. Of course, right at the top, the Rocketeer. But more than just the Rocketeer, um, these guys are doing a bunch of villains for the Rocketeer as well. Different kind of Nazi trooper, rocket troopers. Now, you rem may remember in the film or if you read the book um, that the idea behind this rocket pack was that the Germans were going to make this flying sort of rocket force, these troopers that would be able to do anything, fly and so on and so forth. Um, so in, in wave one, there's actually 18 different figures in wave one. Um, so you can go over to Big Bad Toy Store. That's where you can get these. Um, I'm going to go go down the list here by uh, by IP. So the Rocketeer is obviously there's the Rocketeer. You have the Oblivion Trooper, which is kind of the black version of that uh, German uh, trooper. The Hellfire Trooper, which is kind of a black and red Sub Zero Trooper. Guess what color he is? <laughs> yep, that's correct. White. Onslaught Trooper, which is an interesting green. Uh, the Badlands Trooper, which is like a tan. And then they have the Black Phantom, which is kind of like the Rocketeer Nemesis character. Um, so that's Rocketeer. And then there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of sort of one-offs. Um, I'm going to go, the next big one that has multiple characters is the Tick. So you have the Tick in the regular Tick outfit. You have the Tick in disguise, which is basically the Tick with a with a necktie on. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, it's great. That's, it's just, that's, it's that's someone else. That's someone else. That's not the Tick. No, the, the Tick with the necktie on is the Tick in disguise. I think what you're oh, no, looking at. No, no, no. You're looking someone, at Barry. Barry. Yeah. The guy with a tie on and then the Tick. Yeah. So it's the Tick and then it's the Tick in disguise. That's the one with the tie. I actually make the joke. That's too deep. And then there's Barry, who is like the he's supposed to be like the tick, but he's a different tick. So they just call him Barry. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then you also have Madman, 
um, by Mike Allred, uh, uh, a favorite of this program. So you have regular Madman in the white suit. You have Madman Adventures, which is the mostly red suit with the white top. Um, you have Madman Flight Suit, which is the black and yellow suit, one of my favorites. Um, and those are the Madman characters. And then let's see, you have some one-offs, which are pretty interesting. You have Mr. Monster. Now, these are like characters you may remember. Um, and I, I like the that they're calling them long box heroes because these are books like that you find. These are the kind of books you discover they may be in a, you know, they may be in a value bin, let's say. Um, at this point, Mr. Monster is one. Airboy is another one, which is, that's amazing, Airboy. Um, Cassie Hack from Hack Slash. Grendel, which was an amazing book, if you've never read it, by Mike Grell. The Goon, uh, not to be confused with Sandwich. <laughs> and I think that's it for Wave 1. Yeah, that's it for Wave 1. Now, um, so, so why is this cool? Well, one, it's cool because if you're a fan of any of these, you're not, you're probably not, I should say probably, you're probably not going to get a six-inch version of most of these characters yes there have been a couple of six inch versions of uh the rocketeer um i'm looking again i think that's the only one here oh there was a like a when um who's that company i can't remember the name of that company there was a company that did madman and um grendel as like six inch figures or seven inch figures i can't remember the name of it maybe one of you can look that up it was madman grendel and mage those were the characters in the line but i can't remember the name of the company um one of you can look that up um plus you're gonna get characters here like the you know the sort of bad if you will the bad uh trooper uh versions of those nazi rocket troopers i've never seen um the black phantom in figure form, dude, he obviously he is a cool looking bad guy. He really is. I mean, you know, yeah, again, it's just good. his outfits all all black with just kind of the red symbol on his chest, like of a right. rocket, and then the eyes are red. And I'm like, that's yeah. a re really. I mean, again, I I only saw the Rocketeer movie. I don't know what other kind of. He's not in it. No, no, and I'm like saying I don't know if like this character existed in like Rocketeer comics or any any of that right. kind of stuff. But I'm like, like I'm looking. You could army build the hell out of this. You know, you get your Rocketeer and then the main bad guy, and then you have all the, the Nazi bad mean, guys. And I mean, it, this mean is an if, awesome. Do you mean if someone, let's say, yeah, I don't like these names. Let's say someone was a huge fan of the Rocketeer and had Billy Campbell on their podcast for yeah. three and a half hours during COVID. And let's also say that that person likes toys. And let's also say, that possibly that person may have a problem, <laughs> which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Why? Why? I, I, why? I know a person that may have that problem, and why Sandwich is is going to laugh his ass off today. I'm going to do more for Sandwich's good feelings about himself today than any other person on the planet. His girlfriend won't even top me today. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I may I may be prepared to admit to something that Sandwich. Uh, has been waiting to hear for years. Anyway, the point is we're talking about long box heroes. Big Bad Toy Store has a bunch of exclusives. I'm actually going over to Big Bad right now um, to see 
uh, what I can see with regards to now, one of the other things, of course, is over at Big Bad Toy Store, um, which is uh, who is partnering with them on this. Um, one of the partners also, what did I say? Otterbox Toys, Toy Otter, Toy Otter, Otterbox. Sending you stupid. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to reload this page. And for some reason, um, God hates this program. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, you know, call it what it is. Um, sorry, one sec, one sec. Oh, stupid, stupid. Well, All right, while you're go. while uh, you're pulling it up, I just wanted I just wanted to say it's like the you also when you're ordering them from a Big Bad Toy Store, you get the opportunity to order them as like a collector grade, which just means that they pay like special attention to the packaging. Right. So yeah, they, yeah, they, they try to get you into as minty as possible. This is also one of those things. I'm thank you, you for bringing that up while we're experiencing yet another technical difficulty today. Bringing that up is a very good point. One of the points on that is that uh, uh, one, if you're not the kind of person, let's say you were a huge fan of Mister Monster in the '80s. But you're not the kind of guy that has like toys all over the place or in your office or anything like that. This is a perfect thing for you to take, stick a thumbtack or a push pin in the wall and just hang it there. And it's a brilliant decoration. It's nostalgic for you. It calls back. You don't have to open it up. You don't have to worry about losing bits or having toys around if that's a problem for you. I don't know if you have little kids or something. Um you can just tack it right up on the wall and it's brilliant. I guarantee you that's what I'm doing with a bunch of these. Um, I want to call a couple of things to attention about long box uh, heroes. I'm just trying to get to, they have, if you, if you look at fresh monkey fiction on big bad toy store, you're going to see a bunch of lines, but the ones that we're talking about right now, actually, I'm going to see if I put that, if I put long box heroes in, like just get the long box heroes. Yes, you do. Oh, yes. Heroes. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, so right out of the gate, you can get um, the set of seven exclusive figures, right? And uh, that is Madman, The Goon, uh, Cassie Hack, Mr. Monster, The Tick, Grendel, and Airboy. And I'm pretty sure Airboy is only available in this group. So if you're an Airboy guy, uh, you may be reading some new comics to find out who these other people are. Um, you got the set of three Big Bad Toy Store exclusive uh, Rocketeer figures. So that gives you Rocketeer. It gives you the Black Phantom, and it gives you the green Nazi trooper. I forget which one that is. Um, and then if you scroll down, and again... You have to appreciate the fact that a five-inch figure with seven points of articulation is $25 of a character that nobody very likely is ever going to be made in any other form. You know what I mean? I don't see a six-inch version of the Black Phantom ever being made. I wish to God they would. Maybe if the sales are good on this, maybe someone like Fresh Monkey Fiction, who is doing six-inch stuff in other lines, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, maybe they would consider doing it. I would. That would be awesome if they did um, consider doing it. 
Oh, sorry about that. I lost you guys for a second. Oh, why do I sound like Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. <laughs> that's, um, that's what I heard. Well, I attended Juilliard. Uh, I survived the Black Plague. Uh, check out also Long the Rocketeer Longbox Heroes Newsreel 5-Pack. So this is basically, this is really cool. If you haven't looked at this yet, uh, uh, you guys, it's black and white versions of the Black Phantom, the Rocketeer, the Trooper, and then there's also, who do they, who do they call that guy? Um... Enemy officer, enemy officer figure and enemy pilot figure. And those are both exclusive to this set and are in black and white. It's brilliant. It's absolutely, pardon me, absolutely brilliant. Um, let's see, I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling down. Yeah, they're all still on pre-order here. I don't think there's anything uh, that you can't get. I don't see anything as being unavailable. From that group i don't see oh no there it is no yeah i think it's all i think it's all here uh for you to check out now that is their current project fresh monkey fiction uh in cooperation with otter toys if that's what what it is otter to toy otter i don't know why i don't get that right in in, in conjunction with toy otter and big bad toy store that's long box heroes we're going to go a little bit beyond that into something that we feel like we're really, really going to be uh, enjoying uh, sort of a relationship with Fresh Monkey Fiction based on now I'm going to get I'm going to get the right name in front of me here uh, so that I don't get it wrong. Um, but I have to say, this is why these guys hit my radar. Um it's because of do do do. I'm sorry, you're gonna have to bear with me one second here. Well, well again, while you're remember. while you're pulling things up, I was like, I could scroll through the, the fresh monkey friction, fresh monkey fiction stuff on Big Bad Toy Store all day long. They've got it's just every one of these characters. They just, you said it's kind of a retro. It's like they are so nostalgic looking. I mean, like a lot of these are not characters that I'm familiar with, but they just look cool. You know, it, again, it's got that comic book feel to it. You know, the the bright yeah. colors and the, and you know, but man, again, that, well, that uh, black Phantom from Rocketeer, he just looks like a, a cool bad guy. But like you said, the, the madman flight suit, the black and yellow one, yeah. I mean, that is an awesome yeah. looking character. They just they just look cool and even you know the Rocketeer looks awesome and I loved I'm a fan of the Tick so like you're saying it's like I don't have a whole shrine to the Tick I don't have a lot of Tick things but right. you know yeah would I get a Tick and put it put it somewhere on a shelf uh, yeah I mean I just think they look amazing now the reason they hit our radar is many many of our listeners uh, wrote in or called in and said hey. You guys have, and this has gone on before this, but but it's it's kind of pipped up again a little bit in the last couple of weeks. You know, we we have we have a thing that we've been talking about called anyone remember anyone anyone public domainiverse public com. right not a, it's not up yet but it will be um, public domainiverse is uh, a place where characters from the public domain meet and interact well. Fresh Monkey Fiction has made and is continuing to make five these same kind of figures, the these seven uh these seven 
POA uh, figures. Oh, I think these might be proper five POA. Let me see if I'm right about that. Oh, these are five. Yeah. So these don't have the knee joints in them that I can see. Yeah, these don't have the knee joints in them, but that's okay. Um, because who cares? The point is, is that they're making characters from the golden age of comics. What is the golden age of comics sandwich? Golden age? Is it stuff pre like 1960? Good, good. It's actually, yeah, it's it's before really Marvel and DC were the two dominating companies. Like before World War II. Yeah, exactly. That era, 30s. Think like the 30s and 40s in that area there, where you had, okay. surprisingly, to, to everyone's shock and amazement, it seems, there were comic books. And there were <laughs> things called pulp magazines that had these kind of heroes as well. In the movie Watchmen, which we talked to earlier, the original Watchmen, where almost all of them were the same kind of heroes as, as the golden age characters that we're talking about now. They really didn't have many superpowers per se. It was more about their, you know, the shock and awe factor of a guy dressed as a moth. And then he beat, you know, maybe, maybe had some hand to hand skill or fighting or something like that. It was that kind of, it was that kind of thing. If you think the characters from the Watchmen, the old characters from the Watchmen. Um, now, again, some of them had maybe some kind of powers, you know what I mean? But that wasn't really emphasized. The emphasis was on the crime fighting and so on and so forth. Well, Fresh Monkey Fiction has been doing some of these characters. If you look up Amazing Heroes Golden Age version, this is actually wave six that I'm looking at right here. And check out these characters. Adam Man, Vulcan, Black Fury, Black Cobra, Lash Lightning, The Claw, Captain Tootsie, and The Blue Flame. I will give a dollar uh, sandwich to every any one of those every one of those characters that you can actually tell me anything about. Run, run me through the roster again. Adam Man, Vulcan, Black Fury, Black Cobra, Lash Lightning, The Claw, Captain Tootsie, and The Blue Flame. Well, sir, if you must know. that's all i know wow that was amazing i can't believe that you really had all that history yeah it's, i'm amazed i guess i'm out a few bucks yeah we learn something new every day here on uh, geek stuff tng hey you know i want to talk about the, the 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 set of the uh the female heroes the heroines in that yeah. amazing hero line like there's a seven seven figure no i'm sorry a 10 figure set that's <laughs> like these are just so like when you if you again yeah today it's dominated by marvel and dc and these characters that everybody knows but like when you look at these you can tell that is a comic book superhero that's a comic book superhero and they they just look so great you're referring to wave seven yes right 
Wave seven has Cassie Hack, so that is different. It's a different Cassie Hack than is in Long Box Heroes because I think the I think these if I'm not these are five POA, so no knee joints in these. So you have their original Cassie Hack, Miss Fury, Miss Mask, Black Cat, Phantom Lady, Queen of the Jungle, Lady Satan, The Blank. Oh, the blank slate, sorry. Phantoma and Bullet Girl. Now, I know every single one of these characters. And what's hysterical is I, I think so few people do. For example, Bullet Girl was the companion to Bullet Man. Bullet Man uh, is one of my favorite Golden Age characters who was for all intents and purposes, co-opted by the Mattel company. Or was it Mattel? I don't know if it was Mattel. Maybe it was Hasbro. It was Hasbro in the 70s, and they did the Bullet Man action figure as part of the G.I. Joe adventure line. Do you remember that, uh, Scott? I don't. That does not sound familiar at all. Well, you were probably, it's because you were in college by then. Yeah, still, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't as into the Golden Age and stuff by then. That was from my exactly, childhood. You know, the 30s and 40s, exactly. was that, I, that was kid stuff for me. Exactly. So there you have a whole wave of female figures, characters you probably have never heard of. I want every one of these. <laughs> every single one of these i mean I the want. good news is it comes in a set <laughs> you get them all 10 in one set i know i'm just scrolling through and you know you know what i feel the, the worst about and i'm gonna have to contact our friend over fresh monkey fiction to find out because that's wave we just talked about wave six and seven <laughs> yeah you need to see waves one through what five is in one through five because i don't think <laughs> i'm looking i'm looking right now to see because because i don't have a problem oh oh they have Bullet Girl as an individual figure. Yeah, twenty six ninety nine. Oh, they have Mister Monster as well, but that's their original Mister Monster. So we you have to we have to distinguish the Amazing Heroes collection. I think is five POA. I think the Long Box Heroes are seven POA. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing here. So let, that's yeah, what I'm seeing. yeah. So let me and, and it looks like the Amazing Heroes are are more like they come carded like a like a blister pack. Is what it's looking like. They so do the others. Oh, they do. Okay, the long box heroes. I think they're carded as well. They have sort of that golden age card on it too, which is really cool. You, you know, here's what I'm picturing with all of these. It's like you know how like it like here's the the Marvel universe and the, and you see like all the heroes just kind of on one giant page, right? And they all kind of it's like like they're all running at at the camera kind of thing. Like you know, there's just those common images of all these different heroes and characters yeah like you could do that like if you just took all of these sets and put all these together they would just look so great together as one big army of heroes you know it just i mean if you had the room for a big display these these would look so great in a display like that i'm so glad <laughs> i'm so glad i have room for a big display. yeah all the room that you have for your display or you could put them in a box in a storage facility somewhere near the Pine Barrens in New Jersey and have your really good friend to go take them there. I gotta know. I, I gotta know. I gotta know what's in these other waves. Now, now, now I have bounced from Big Bad Toy Store where you can get all the fresh monkey goodness you need. 
Look, we got to move on from this. I'm gonna I'm gonna not take up time and do this now, but we'll we'll uh, believe me. You have not heard the last of Fresh Monkey Fiction from this program. Uh, and on that note, I want everyone to check out also the uh, Eagle Force four inch figures that they're doing. Now these are, um, if you remember Eagle Force, which you may not. If you're Scott, you probably do. Um, these were two and three quarter inch figures. So just under three inches. So they couldn't really jive with your GI Joes because they weren't big enough, but they had all awesome character designs and everything else. And fresh monkey fiction is now doing a, a line of those as well. So you can check that out over at big bad toy store as well. And also don't forget to check them out over at their own website. And lastly, I, I mean, and these are awesome, by the way, the, the designs and everything, just amazing, amazing stuff. Now that said, the last thing that I want everyone to check out is something that we actually, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this program. Sandwich, you're going to have to remind me because this was like quite a while ago. We talked about um, the, I'm just getting it in front of me. Don't panic, Scott. Scott's panicking. I'm panicking. I can smell the panic. I'm smelling the panic on you. You're panicking. You're um, panicking. Fresh Monkey Fiction is doing a line of figures here. I, f I've, I found it um, doing a line of figures um, that is basically different Santa Clauses and other Christmas characters. Kind of reminds me of the, the, I think it was called composite Santa Claus on robot chicken where he's like half Santa Claus, half uh, snowman. And he's like an evil character, but it kind of reminds me of that. So these are these are about six. They're one twelfth scale, so about six inches, six and a bit. They are. Let's see. I'm pretty sure that these are fully. Uh, I think these have the full range of articulation. Am I wrong about that? I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm looking at the picture of the robot Santa right now. Again, Big Bad Toy Store is your uh, is your place to go uh, for this. Oh, here it is. Uh, Oh, yeah, these are fully articulated, man. These are fully articulated. Interchangeable hands. Uh, neck neck ball joints, so shoulder joints, elbow joints, waist ball swivel, waist hinge swivel, hips barbell, thigh cut swivel, knee joints, and ankle rockers. These are full-on six-inch. Like, that is basically the articulation for, like, Marvel Legends. So six inch variety of Santa Claus. I think it's called Naughty or Nice, I think is their subline here. Yes. Naughty or Nice. I'm looking it up just now. Check it out over at Big Bad Toy Store. You can get Krampus Deluxe. You can get Classic Santa, Zombie Santa, Robot Santa, which is just unreal. Um, there's an exclusive accessory pack. It comes with... Uh, a cape, a uh, 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 Santa bag, cookies and milk, a uh, naughty and nice list, some presents and things. Absolutely awesome. Um, Jolly Santa. What's, what's, oh, I guess the Jolly Santa is, uh, um, I guess he's African American Santa. There's a pirate Santa, which honestly looks like an amazing pirate figure, Santa aside. Um, there's the Krampus in the Santa disguise. There is Sergeant Santa, 
which is which is amazing. You just got to see it to believe it. Red and green camo, and he's got like those sunglasses on. I think he has a cigar in his mouth. But not to be uh, underdone here, there is also um, elves, Freddy the Elf, Spike the Elf, Betty the Elf, uh, Jack Frost, Jack the Frost Elf. It says also ready for this nutcrackers like and i mean action figures of nutcrackers right also to go along with your uh, collection here zombie nutcracker evil nut nutcracker classic robot nutcracker and then there's a collection artist proof uh santa which is basically like you know just your basic sort of white santa uh and and there you go so i mean talk about diversity you have it right there. Fresh Monkey Fiction. We talked about Longbox Heroes. We talked about the Amazing Heroes Collection. We talked about Eagle Force. And we talked about the Naughtier Nice line. Unbelievable variety of toys from like a one, two-man operation. And they're amazing toys. Can can we get now, some of those guys? They, can we get one of those two men on this show to talk about uh, all oh, these yeah, amazing stuff? That's absolutely. That's that that is absolutely upcoming. Um, and uh, we may do we may do just a special just with him because there's so much to talk to him about, and that guy really knows his stuff. Let me tell you. So uh, yeah, you can expect that in the very near future. Look, look for the entire you. Patreon episode where Kev talks about Bullet Girl with the creator for an hour. And you know what really is, you know what's really bothering me right now? There must have been a bullet, man. It's probably in one of those waves, right? Yeah. Waves one through five. <laughs> I need to know who was in wave one through five. Why don't you start wrapping this this show up? And yeah, again, I'm going to just repeat. You have not heard the last of Fresh Monkey Fiction on this program. As Kev goes. Uh, because eBay alert. Wave one through five. Yeah, no, no kidding. You're you're not wrong. eBay alert. You are you're so right. You're you don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, so definitely. I'm, I'm this going is, to their website. Yeah, there's some really incredible stuff there. But yeah, I I, I do need to wrap up the show. It's uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to uh, be sure to be Ooh. following all of the social medias for the show. Geek Stuff TNG on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram. Support us over on the Patreons, where, again, for a dollar a month, you get access to the Discord. I just dropped the link to Big Bad Toy Stores and the Longbox Collection over on the Discord. Um, for $3 a month, it's the Early Bird Special. For $5 a month, you get the special bonus weekend shows, like where Kev talks about Bullet Man and Bullet Girl for an hour. And uh, then for $10 a month, you can watch the oh show live God. when Kev doesn't have a broken iPad. Oh, my God. What? They're amazing. All right, on I, that found, I found it on the website under collections. Hit amazing heroes. Oh my god! <laughs> How much room is oh left in the in uh, the archive god. sandwich? Is there enough know. room for waves one through five? Oh no, Lost. we didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to talk about. Oh well, save it for next week. We can talk more about it next week. Uh, sandwich, what's your social yeah. media? You find me on Instagram and Fortnite at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. 
and I'm your intrepid oh, producer oh, yeah. at Pi Day Scott. I'm sorry, I'm, lo I'm lost. And, I'm and lost in the amazing heroes section of Fresh Monkey Fiction. Kev's going to wrap up this episode. Are we going to call it uh, Toxic Monkey Friction? No, no, we're not going to do any such a thing. We're going to, where you can call it Toxic if you want, but man, this stuff is just great. Oh man, I am angry. <laughs> I want to know long. how come I didn't hear about this until I mean not I I mean not terribly long ago. Oh look at that! Come on. And with uh, that, folks, uh, we'll bring this week's episode of Geeks of TNG, episode six hundred ninety-three, the one we're calling Toxic, to a close. Six ninety-four. The way we end so. Now you gotta redo it. on the prep sheet. What? No, it's a 694. I'm looking at the prep sheet right now. In oh, the prep sheet, it's a 693. What, what do you got? A clerk? Oh, title it's a misprint. I knew when it was. Just saying. All right, you All right, do it, Kev. You can do it. You're, you're, you're our leader. Do it. Talent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Someone has to do it this week. All I right. just can't. I am just. I am. I'm in wave three right now, oh and I'm just beside myself. And with that, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 694, the one we're calling Toxic, to a close, the way we end some shows by saying... Good night, Your Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. It's Britney, bitch.
from coming. The incredible Lago. The legendary Miss Britney Spears. <laughs> and the unstoppable danger. Uh, you're gonna have to remove me. Cause I ain't going nowhere. Good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>